Father God, we ask that you would open our ears, our minds, and our hearts to hear what you would be saying to each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to start with a reading from Luke, where Jesus was anointed by a sinful woman. I was going to do a monologue from the point of the woman, but while I was getting my words together, God put this song into my mind, and it's from the perspective of Simon, the Pharisee, and you're going to see the words on the screen. Unfortunately, we cannot play the song in the podcast. However, you can find a link to the original in the podcast notes. So beautifully seen from Simon's perspective. Um, I'm going to jump right now to the Ephesians passage. Last week, I just spoke about the body of Christ. And this week, my task is to talk about the new humanity or the new society in the church. So firstly, the problem divided society. The problem was the Gentiles and the Jews coming to be followers of Jesus. And we heard, don't forget that you were Gentiles. In fact, you used to be called uncircumcised by those who take pride in being circumcised. At that time, you did not know about Christ. You were foreigners to the people of Israel, and you had no part in the promises that God had made to them. You were living in this world without hope and without God, and you were far from God. But Christ offered his life's blood as a sacrifice and brought you near to God. So you can't be one of us unless you've been circumcised, implies that the Jews looked down on the Gentiles because they were excluded from the covenant. But also, you don't understand our history about how God made covenants with our people over the centuries. Paul reminds the Ephesians that as Gentiles, they were outsiders. The first followers of Jesus were Jewish and had all the rich heritage of their Jewish history. So the Gentiles in Ephesus were Christless because they weren't part of the religion of the Jews. They didn't have a Messiah to look forward to. The pagan religions had no, did not have the hope of a Messiah. They were stateless. They weren't part of God's nation. Israel was a nation under God, a theocracy, and the Gentiles didn't have any part of that. They were covenantless. They were strangers to the covenant of promise. They weren't part of the covenants given to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had said that he would bring blessings not only upon Israel, but also through Israel. This covenant relationship wasn't only a privilege, but it's also a responsibility. It involved the keeping of the law. God's choice of Israel wasn't favoritism because it wasn't a special honor, it was a special responsibility. The Jews had a unique place in history. Paul knew that they were an instrument of God to reach the Gentiles. And they were also hopeless and godless, having no hope and without God in the world. 
The Gentiles were without hope because they were without God. Even when Israel was in sin, they still had the hope of God. The pagan world in those days was religious in everything. They got temples everywhere. Remember in the book of Acts, Paul went to Athens and as he was walking around the streets, he'd noticed there was a temple there to an unknown God. They got so many gods, they'd even got one who was unknown. And he used that to advantage in his first sermon there. But even today, our world is religious, but godless. The scriptures affirm that false religions are godless. And we Christians need to believe the scriptures. The Gentiles were indeed without hope and without God. And so were we, each one of us, until we committed our lives to God. Jesus offered his life's blood as a sacrifice and brought us near to God. And this is a verse that stands out to me. How many people are living in this world without hope and without God? Sometimes worries me is when you, you hear of funerals, when people just do not have that hope in God that we have. And secondly, we're going to look at the, the next part of the passage, the gift of peace. Christ has made peace between Jews and Gentiles, and he's united us by breaking down the wall of hatred that separated us. Christ gave his own body. So Paul starts out in this section by telling us that once the Gentiles were far off, but they've now been brought near. When a Gentile converted to Judaism, the rabbi would say the convert had been brought near. No longer will the door be shut, because in Christ Jesus we have been brought near. How? By the blood of Jesus. Because of his shed blood, we are able to be brought back to God, close to God, because Christ himself is our peace. He's the peacemaker between Jews and Gentiles, and also the peacemaker between us and God. Verse 14 says, Christ has made peace between Jews and Gentiles, and he's united us by breaking down the wall of hatred that separated us. What's Paul talking about here? A long time ago, I had a little book that gives you verses to memorize. And this verse was one of those that I memorized, but I didn't really understand what it meant until yesterday when I was doing a bit of research. The wall of hatred was a physical wall that was found in Herod's temple. The wall was dividing the space where a Gentile can go in the temple complex from the area where the Jews were allowed to go. Paul is telling us that the wall of separation was removed, making way for the creation of a new person, that is, the Christian. There's no separation now. Before, it was Jew and Gentile separated. And that is because Christ gave his own body. And he gave his own body to destroy the law of Moses with all its rules and commands. Ah, you might say, Jesus didn't destroy Moses' commandments, or did he? So in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew tells us that Jesus said, don't think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. 
Jesus came to fulfill God's law. He abolished the ceremonial law that the, um, the leaders of the synagogues had made up as they went along. He even brought Jews and Gentiles together as though we were only one person when he united us in peace. It's quite difficult to talk about the one humanity. It's like one society, almost like one family, isn't it? When we come to know Jesus. Christ came and preached peace to you Gentiles who were far from God and peace to us Jews who were near God. And because of Christ, we can all come to the Father by the same Spirit. So now, not only do we have access to God, we have spiritual unity. Here's a real-life story from a bishop in Australia who was driving a school bus, which carried whites and aborigines. Tired of all the squabbling, one day, far out in the country, he pulled over to the side of the road, and he said to the white boys, what colour are you? And they said, white. He said, no, you're not, you're green. Anyone who rides in my bus is green. Now, what colour are you? The white boys replied, green. And then he went to the Aborigines and said, what colour are you? And they said, black. Said, no, you're not, you're green. What colour are you? We're green. So the situation seemed resolved until several miles down the road, he heard a boy in the back of the bus saying, all right, light green on this side, dark green on that side. He got the right idea, but he couldn't accomplish it. He couldn't pull it off. What the bishop couldn't do, Jesus did. We're a new race in Christ. Jesus is the answer to alienation, to racism, to prejudice, to hatred, to estrangement. Christ reconciled the new humanity to God. How? Through the death of Christ on the cross. Prior to this time, the Gentiles had no access to God. Now, the Gentiles, along with the Jews, have direct access to God. So all who were far off have been brought near. Both those far off and those near have peace preached to them. The peace is the peace of the church. We share God's peace, don't we, um, when we do the communion service. The world seeks a peace that is not possible to achieve outside of the peace that Christ provides. And that's why, we, that's why it's so important that you and I have the peace. We share it with a world in need. We're asked again to live our lives in a way that honours God. From Ephesians 4, the beginning of the, um, the chapter, Paul says, As a prisoner of the Lord, I beg you to live in a way that is worthy of the people God has chosen to be his own. Always be humble and gentle. Patiently put up with each other and love each other. Try your best to let God's spirit keep your hearts united. Do this by living at peace. All of you are part of the same body. There is only one Spirit of God, just as you were given one hope when you were chosen to be God's people. We have only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Not only is God above all others, 
but he works by using all of us and he lives in all of us. Someone might be here today who is alienated from God. You might feel the hopelessness that comes from a godless life. We can help you today to know what true reconciliation is like. Allow one of us to share Christ with you. Maybe you are here today and you do know Christ, but you may know someone who doesn't. Maybe someone in your family. Maybe a neighbour. Will you take time this week to share the love and the peace of Christ with them? Amen.